Welcome to Season 1 of Master the Prophetic Audio Experience. We are on a discovery journey to activate, grow, and release the voice of God not just for us, but the world around us. We interview guests from all walks of life and backgrounds and how their experiences with God has advanced their path to mastering the prophetic. This season, we're asking guests how the voice of God has helped identify and navigate life through seasons of hardship and crisis and how to even steward a season of success. Come join us now during this conversation. Uh, tonight's lesson is entitled, Despise Not Prophesying. That's one of the shortest verses in the Bible. Despise not prophesying. We know the shortest verse is Jesus wept, but this verse is one of the shortest. Another verse says, prove all things, uh, hold fast to that which is good in connection. Uh, quench not the spirit is connected to this verse. It's found in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4. And it's, it really, uh, let, let me read it. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. It begins by saying, quench not the spirit. That's verse 19. And then verse 20 says, despise not prophesying. So there's really a connection between quenching the spirit and despising prophecy. And we're going to share with you why some assemblies and some individuals do not operate in a high level of the prophetic, because it's not just based on whether or not God wants you to prophesy or whether you can prophesy. It, it depends on your desire, as 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says, desire to prophesy. It also says covet to prophesy. Of all the gifts you should desire, desire to prophesy because that is the gift that brings the most benefit to the assembly. He that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. It builds the church, it exhorts the church, it comforts the church, and so we should have a desire to prophesy and even covet to prophesy. To prophesy. Uh, and then this verse says, despise not prophesying. Now, I believe the reason why Paul wrote that uh, injunction uh, to the Thessalonian church was because evidently there were some in the assembly that were either quenching the spirit or despising prophecy. And so Paul encourages them, don't quench the spirit. One translation says, quench not the manifestation of the spirit. We'll talk about what that means. And then he says, despise not prophesying. We'll give the reason why some people do despise this gift. And if you despise it, uh, if you think lightly of it, you will not operate in it on a high level. Some churches do not honor, respect, teach on, covet, or desire to prophesy. And as a result, you don't have a very high level of the prophetic. Other churches desire, covet, they, they honor the gift, they teach on it, they respect it. And as a result, their prophetic level is much higher than those who do not uh, honor uh, this particular manifestation of the Spirit of God. If you if you don't respect and honor the things of the Spirit, then they won't operate on a high level in your life. One of the things I've learned about the anointing years ago was that Jesus could do no mighty work in his own hometown because of the fact that they did not honor his gift and his anointing. And so it's important to place honor on giftings and, and honor and respect and think highly and esteem these gifts high if we're to really benefit from them. So much of the prophetic uh, depends on your attitude, your, your attitude toward the gift, toward the manifestation of the gift. And if we have the wrong attitude toward the gifts of the spirit, then we won't really see them operate 
in a in a very high level in our lives. Let's begin uh, in First Corinthians chapter uh, five in verse nineteen. Quench not the spirit, and let's define the word quench because that is a, a word in the Greek that simply means to put out or extinguish. It means to put out the light or fire of, uh, to quench suddenly by pouring water on it, uh, to cause to lose heat or warmth. So the implication is that when something is on fire, that when you, when you put water on it, you quench it. Other translations actually say quench not the, uh, the fire of the spirit. One of the things we cannot do in our assemblies is quench the fire of the Holy Spirit. Uh, cool it off, bring it down. We must maintain a high level of intensity when it comes to the Spirit of God. That it's also amazing that even though God is God and the Holy Spirit is, is God, you can actually quench his manifestation and his operation by what you do or what you don't do. Uh, so you know, we do have a part to play in how the Spirit of God functions in our assemblies or functions in our lives. It means to bring something to an end, uh, typically by, by satisfying, damping, cooling, or decreasing. Uh, again, this is the definition of the word quench. It means to terminate uh, by or as if by destroying, to eliminate, to relieve or satisfy with liquid, to become extinguished. It means to cool. It means to become calm. It means to subside. Now, there's a reason why uh, sometimes the, the level of the prophetic is not strong or high in some assemblies or some churches. It's not that they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. They may, they may even teach on the Holy Spirit. I mean, most churches believe in the Holy Spirit as a part of their doctrinal statement because there, there really is no church without the operation of the Holy Spirit. And there's really no being born again without the Spirit of God or even living a Christian life without the Spirit of God. So that in our theology, um, in every denomination, every group of churches, Pentecostal, non-Pentecostal, charismatic, non-charismatic, there's a belief, at least on paper, of the Holy Spirit. But the question is, do you allow the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in the assembly? And in this context, do you allow prophetic utterances? One translation says, do not stifle prophetic utterances. Do not quench the manifestation of the Spirit. And so often, there's a reason why some assemblies, not all, but some assemblies do not have a high level of the prophetic. No personal prophecy, no corporate prophecy, no prophetic singing, no prophetic worship. Uh, it, it's not because God does not desire to manifest in that way. It's simply because often leadership does not, does not allow it to happen. Uh, leadership quenches it. People draw back from it. And there can be some reason. Let me give you five reasons why often prophecy is not encouraged and quenched. Uh, it's not encouraged, but rather it is quenched in local assemblies. Number one, control by leadership. Sometimes our order of service is the most important thing. We have a particular order of service. We have so many songs, so much time, and we have to go through an order of service, and we don't want any interruptions. And so the Spirit of God, one of the, one of the things about prophecy is that prophecy is such a spontaneous gift until there's really no controlling it in the sense of, of you're determining what God says or how he says it. Now, it must be in line with Scripture. It, it should bring edification, exhortation, comfort. We do have guidelines. But one of the things that leaders often fear 
when it comes to prophecy is that if they don't know what's going to be said, uh, they can't control it. And so they, they feel we're taking a chance if we let someone prophesy. Now, it's important that you let proven people prophesy in the church. And, and really, the danger of people abusing the gift or misrepresenting the Spirit of God is, is dramatically decreased when you train people properly and you have good people, solid people, people of character, people of anointing that release the word of the Lord. In our church in Chicago, we have, we have prophecy every service. When the Spirit of God comes, when the Spirit of prophecy comes, we worship. We always have someone to release the word of the Lord. We definitely do not want to quench the Spirit of God. No, that doesn't mean that you have to do everything the way we do it. We know different churches have different ways of releasing the prophetic. So we're not trying to say there's a certain way you do it, but you're, you're definitely told in Scripture not to quench the Spirit of God. Quench not the Spirit of God. Um, so sometimes leadership controls the service, and if they feel that they, if they allow someone to get up and prophesy, they, they lose control. They don't know. They can't control what be what will be said. Sometimes church will, will, will attempt to do it this way. They say, if you have a word, write it down, bring it to the leadership, and we'll review it first, and then maybe we'll release it. Well, I understand that principle, and I've had people write down prophecies and give them to me. I'm not, I'm not saying that's sin or wrong, but sometimes when the Spirit of God moves, remember the word prophecy means it, it's really inspired utterance. It means to bubble up, and sometimes it comes quickly. And when it bubbles up, uh, and you're trying to write it down and give it to the, uh, the leadership, and they're trying to review it, um, you know, it, it takes away the spontaneity. Sometimes it's the right time to release the right word, either corporately or individually. So sometimes it's a matter of control. Number two, the reason why people or churches quench the spirit is simply because of fear. They're really afraid of manifestations of the Holy Spirit. They may be afraid of the gifts, afraid of prophecy. Uh, sometimes people uh, they're afraid of because they don't know much about it. They think it's spooky. They think it's weird. And so we're going to play it safe. We're just going to have some nice singing and a nice sermon and a nice benediction and let you go home. We're not going to step out and do anything unorthodox or anything that, that might cause trouble or stir the waters. And so people sometimes are really afraid of spiritual gifts. Uh, we know people are afraid of deliverance and demons, uh, but sometimes people are afraid of the prophetic. They don't know what's going to be said. They're afraid maybe God's going to say something harsh, or maybe the person's going to say something harsh, or maybe judgmental. And, and sometimes people are really afraid to hear the voice of God. And so we have to be careful that we don't walk in fear. Or we should always walk in faith and believe that God has a word for us and God will speak to us. The third reason is because often churches have an order of service. And, and again, the prophetic can can disrupt an order of service. Now, we're not against order. I'm not against order. Every church probably has a certain culture when they usually have praise and worship, then an offering, then the word of God, and then an altar call. That's primarily how most Sunday services are conducted. But what if God wants to interrupt your order of service and do something special or something different uh, in a church? What if he wants the spirit of healing or revival or evangelism or deliverance to go forward? What if he wants preaching to go forward first or maybe preaching last? Well, you know, what if God disrupts our order of service? We're very good at having an order of service, having it print out in the bulletin. And the scripture does say, let everything be done decently and in order. So there's nothing wrong with having an order of service. But sometimes when the prophetic begins to flow, 
and the spirit of prophecy comes in a service, usually at, at the height of worship, when the glory of God comes in and the spirit of prophecy comes in, it'll really, it'll, it'll, it'll disrupt the service. Not in a bad way, but in a good way, because people will get blessed, healed, edified, exhorted, comforted. So it's really a good thing, but sometimes we're so locked in to an order of service. It may be a time restraint. You know, we have an hour, an hour and a half. Maybe there's multiple services. Sometimes churches have multiple services. They have to get in and get out. Well, that really hinders people from having extended uh, extended services and really spending time in God's presence and really <clears throat> allowing praise, worship, and the glory of God to come in and allowing God to speak to us. So sometimes prophecy would be a disruption of the order of service. And to really be frank, uh, sometimes if, 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 you, if, if the Holy Ghost is not on the order of service, uh, he, the Holy Ghost can show up and say, I have a word, and they'll look for his name and say, well, I'm sorry, Holy Ghost, you're not here. We have Deacon Smith. We have uh, you know, uh, uh, Deacon, Deacon Jones. We have uh, uh, A&B Selection. We have Pastor uh, uh, Ralph speaking. I mean, that's our order of service, and we don't, we don't deviate from the order of service. The, the next reason why people quench the Spirit of God is because some people have a fear of emotionalism. They don't want things to get emotional. It's amazing to me how people can get emotional in football games, baseball games. Uh, they can get emotional at public events. But when it comes to the church, somehow we feel that, you know, we don't want too much emotionalism. We don't want people to get emotional. We don't want weeping and crying and shouting at the word of the Lord. Because sometimes people look at the prophetic as something that stirs up people's emotions. Because when you begin to prophesy, people will get so blessed. They may weep. They may cry. They may shout. They may dance. They may laugh with joy because it affects them in the emotions. It's such a powerful word that brings edification exhortation and comfort but sometimes churches don't want any kind of emotion they're very stoic in their approach to worshiping God they don't want any manifestations of the Spirit of God because that tends to as they say that's charismatic or Pentecostal and we're, we're not like that we're not charismatic we're not Pentecostal those are those emotional people that shout dance fall out and we don't want to bring that into our, our assembly and so as a result you're probably not going to have very many manifestations of the Holy Spirit in those kinds of churches and they will end up quenching the spirit and then the the fifth reason why people would quench the spirit, and we're, we're using it in connection with prophecy in this context, is fear of error. They're afraid that something is going to be said that's not scriptural, it's erroneous, uh, we have to make sure everything is done according to scripture. Now when you begin to prophesy, you have to judge prophecy. The Bible says, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, uh, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. So when people prophesy, we're responsible to prove it, whether it's not God or not. If it doesn't agree with your spirit sometimes, you know it by the spirit of God. If it's contrary to the word of God, of course, we don't receive it. And so we've had people prophesy things that, you know, I, I knew was not accurate or it wasn't necessarily a false prophecy. It was just a bad prophecy. It's like you have bad singing or bad preaching. You have bad prophetics as well. It wasn't delivered correctly. Well, you couldn't understand it. It was confusing. It didn't make sense. But I didn't shut down the whole prophetic because one person, you know, may have gotten up and, and said something like that. I encouraged them, loved them, corrected them, told them you may need to correct something. But we kept the prophetic flow going. But some people are so dogmatic and so uh, so legalistic when it comes to prophecy until if someone makes a mistake it's almost like we feel we have to stone them 
They're like they're a false prophet. We have to stone them. So we don't want any anything erroneous preached, even though preachers have stood up and preached things that were in error and maybe later come came back and corrected them. I've heard many messages that were error. Uh, in error, things weren't accurate according to scripture, but I don't stop preaching because of error. But when it comes to prophecy, people really get very technical and very legalistic concerning this. And as a result, um, it, it's amazing how people will quench the spirit. They, they, they think we'd rather not have this than to deal with any problems or issues that may come up when it comes to the prophetic. But God specifically tells us, quench not the spirit. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. And so we're responsible. Let me give you some verses uh, are in line or other translations of this verse, quench not the Spirit, or also despise not prophesying. This 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 and 20. Uh, the Amplified Version, I love this version. It says, do not spurn and, uh, and, and do not spurn the utterances. I'm sorry, do not spurn the gifts and utterances of the prophets. Do not depreciate prophetic revelations, nor despise inspired instruction or exhortation or warning. Now again, these verses are not in the Bible just to take up paper. They're in the Bible because people can do this, and they, they have a tendency, and we're going to give the reasons why people end up despising prophecy. Uh, people can despise the prophetic, uh, spurn it, speak lightly of it, say it's not important, dishonor it, don't esteem it. And again, our attitude toward the prophetic will determine really how much we walk in it. I have a very high opinion of prophecy and the prophetic. I love prophecy. I honor it. I honor prophets. I love it. I, I honor it highly. I would never despise it because I have a very high regard. I, I covet it. I desire it. That's my attitude. I believe it's something holy. It's something important. It's something of the Spirit of God. And therefore, I would never despise, speak lightly of it, put it down, mock it, laugh at it, dishonor it in any way. Because I know if I do that, not only will I quench the Holy Spirit, I will end up grieving the Holy Spirit. And if you ever do that, then the Spirit of God will withdraw himself and you'll lose the anointing of the Spirit upon your life. Another translation says this, do not treat prophecies with contempt. Or another one says, do not treat prophecy as if it were unimportant. I've heard people actually say this. Prophecy is not important. We have the word of God now. We have the written word. We don't need prophecy. You know, we, we have the logos. We, we, we believe in the word. We preach the word. We confess the word. All we need is the word. Well, prophecy is in the word. And prophecy is a part of the word of God. And so you cannot treat prophecy as if it's unimportant. It is important. It's important because it's one of the ways that God speaks to us. And if you say prophecy is not important and you say the voice of God is not important, then what you're saying is that his word is not important. It is the word of the Lord. Uh, we have the written word of God. We also have the prophetic word of God. They're both the word of the Lord. Now, we always base everything we do on the written word. And I preach the word more than I prophesy. I believe in the value of the word of God. But we're not to treat prophecy as if it's unimportant to neglect it, to despise it. If it's important, it means you should teach on it, you should honor it, you should give place for it, you should allow it. If it's really important in our assemblies, if, if, if the gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit, and especially prophecy being a gift that edifies, exhorts, and comforts is important, it will reflect our attitude toward it. Do we teach on it? Do we encourage it? Do we honor it? Do we covet it? Do we desire it? Many pastors don't. 
and many leaders don't, and many churches don't, some denominations don't. Now, some denominations, of course, do not believe that the Holy Spirit and his gifts are for today. They're cessationists. So I understand that. Um, I, I, that's their theology. But we're talking about Pentecostal, spirit-filled people who are supposed to believe in the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit. The voice translation says this, don't downplay prophecies. Don't put them down. Don't say, well, it's not really that important whether you have it or you don't. Uh, it, it is important. It's an important gift. Of all the gifts, Paul said, desire this gift because it's the gift that we, we have that causes edification, exhortation, and comfort. Another tra a translation, the Living Bible says, do not scoff or make fun of those who prophesy. Do not lightly esteem prophecies. Another translation says, do, do not brush off spirit-inspired utterances. Don't just brush them off or spirit-inspired messages. Don't just brush them off. You know, that's important. Or, you know, don't, don't, you know don't, don't stand in service chewing gum and drinking a Coke while the prophetic word is coming forth. I mean, honor it. Receive it. It's the word of God. It can save your life. It can change your life. It can transform your life. It can bless your life. I mean, it's, such, it's so powerful that we should treat it with respect, dignity, and honor. The English word despise was translated from the Greek word uh, exothenio. That's E-X-O-U-T-H-E-N-E-O, -E -E exothenio, which means to make utterly nothing of or despise. The word not only depicts contempt or hatred, but it can mean as, uh, as little as to ignore. So when it says despise not prophecies, it's also saying don't ignore it, don't hate it, don't make it as if it's nothing, don't treat it as if it's important or not important. It was translated said at naught three times in the New Testament, Luke 23, 11, Acts 4, 11, and Romans 14 and 10. So it, it can mean to set it naught, to set aside, not important. We don't need that. Um, laugh at, mock. It's not, it, you know, those prophetic people are crazy. It doesn't take all that. Have you heard that before? So I've heard leaders say that. We don't need that prophetic. It doesn't take all that. Um, we, don't, we don't believe in all that, all that prophesying. Uh, we just preach the word. We just confess the word. We don't, we don't get into all that prophecy and prophets and, because that's not important. What's important is that you read scripture. Now, reading scripture is important. Studying is important. Everything has its place. But we're also told to despise not prophesying. Paul's admonition is to not, not to hate, dislike, or ignore prophecy. Now, there are reasons why people would end up despising prophecy. One of the major reasons is they've had a bad experience with it. Um, people who've, who've heard bad prophecy, maybe uh, prophecy was used to control your life. Maybe some false prophet prophesied to you. Maybe you were hurt by the use of prophecy, and that's possible. I've known many people that have had a very bad experience with the prophetic. And as a result, they, they shut themselves off. They say, I don't want that. I, I don't want to go to a church that prophesied because I was in a church that flowed in the prophetic and they, and they got off. But that can happen because people can get off. It's not because of prophecy. It's because of their character, their teaching. It could be another reason why they went off. They can become cult-like, controlling, abusive. And so people, I've heard people say, I don't, want to, I don't want to have anything to do with the prophetic because I've had a bad experience with prophecy. Well, God wants you to be blessed by the true and the original. He wants you to, your life to be changed. 
but you can end up despising and saying, I don't need that. I don't want that. Now, I've had bad prophecies spoken to me in, in the past. I've been in the prophetic now for, for 25 years. And in those 25 years, I received thousands of prophecies. I've, I've prophesied out over thousands of people in over 80 nations all over the world. And I've seen good. I've seen the bad. I've seen the ugly. I've had people prophesy things to me that were off, goofy, spooky. I just bless them and go head on. Um, I don't let it upset me. I don't, I don't get confused by it. I knew it wasn't God. But then I've had prophecies spoken to me that literally changed my life and took me to another level. And I'm walking in those prophetic declarations to this day. So just because you've had a bad experience with the prophetic, don't, don't despise it. Don't say, well, it's not good. I don't want it. You can have a bad experience with preaching. You can have a bad experience with teaching. You can have a bad experience with deliverance. You can have a bad experience with almost any area of the church, but you don't close off what is in the word of God. Prophecy in the New Testament is one of the most vital, important gifts given by the Holy Spirit. If you read 1 Corinthians 14, it tells us, uh, uh, walk in love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Of all the gifts, desire rather to prophesy. The second reason why people end up despising prophecy is because they feel since prophecy is not on the level of the written word, therefore, I don't really need it. You know, I, I believe in the written word. I believe in the logos. I'm a word man. I go to a word church. Now, I believe in the word of God. The word of God is a more sure word of prophecy. But you cannot say uh, we don't need prophecy because we have the written word. There's some things the written word does not tell you. It gives you principles. It gives you guidelines. But it does not give you the details of your life. It does not speak to the details of your future. Prophecy can do that. So never, ever think. And again, we never receive prophecy that is contrary to the written word. But we never should say, well, I don't need prophecy because I've got the word. I remember years ago, I overheard a conversation. I was in a restaurant eating, and there was a table next to me from people from a church. And I heard the person actually say, you know, somebody tried to give me a word. I don't need any word. Don't ever despise prophesying. Don't ever think that you have it so good, uh, well together until you don't need God to speak through your life, into your life through other people. That is the epitome of pride. That is not humility. If God has a word for you, let, let it flow through someone else. Would it be blessed by other men? Would it be blessed by prophets and prophetic people? But her, her attitude was, if I need a word, I'll go get one from God. Or if I need a word, I'll go to the Bible. I don't need anyone prophesying to me. So what you're basically saying is, no matter what gifts people have, you shut those off because you don't need them. We need each other. We need the gifts of, of the Spirit in our assembly. We need, to be, we need to minister one to another. So sometimes people look at prophecy as something very low because it's the word of the Lord, but it's not on the par with the written word, and they end up despising it. The third reason is because some people simply believe that prophecy is not for today. That's a matter of unbelief. They don't believe the gifts of the Spirit are for today. Uh, they, don't, they believe it all ceased in the first century. They're what we call cessationists. They don't believe in tongues. They don't believe in the miracles anymore. They don't believe that God speaks to people anymore. So when, when you have a spirit of unbelief, it's going to be very difficult. You're going to despise prophecy because you don't believe it's of God. You're going to, you may say it's not of God. Those people are crazy. They're fanatical. They're off. They're in error. They're charismatic. They're Pentecostals. And our denomination does not believe in that. And so you end up despising one of the most important gifts that God has given us, which is prophecy. That the fourth reason is simply pride. Uh, people say, I don't need prophecy. 
I don't need anyone prophesying to me. I don't need to hear, if I, as I said, if I need to hear God to speak to me directly or I'll go to my scriptures and I'm not going to let anyone prophesy to me because I don't need you to prophesy to me. That can be a spirit of pride. We do need prophetic utterances. We do need to be edified, exhorted, and comforted. As uh, Humility is a, is a fact that I recognize I need the spirit of God in my life. I need to, to receive the voice and hear the voice of the Lord. And, and, and if it comes through other people, then I'm ready to receive that. I'm humble enough to know that I don't have everything. I don't have all the answers. I know in part, I prophesy in part. I know that other people are anointed by God to speak into my life. And so sometimes it's an issue of pride. And so we end up despising prophesying. The next reason, number five, is fear. Some people, as I said before, are afraid of prophecy. They're afraid of any manifestation of the Spirit of God because it's an unknown area. And so they're afraid of it. They don't want to, to them, it's something, it's too deep. I don't want to get involved in all that deep stuff, all that prophesying, and thus saith the Lord, I'm afraid of it. I don't know, I don't know whether it's right or whether it's wrong. So I just leave it alone. It's not my area. Well, God wants you to operate in this. That's why you need to learn and be taught on it and be educated in it. Because the sixth reason why people often despise prophesying is because of ignorance. They've never been taught on the subject. They don't have any understanding or revelation of the Holy Spirit, his gifts, uh, prophecy, and they just don't know. There are churches that just know nothing about the Holy Spirit, his gifts, or prophecy. They've never been taught. And it's the responsibility of leaders and pastors to teach people concerning the gifts. Paul spent a whole chapter, really, really three chapters, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, talking about the prophets and the prophetic and the gifts and how we should operate, how we should desire and covet, how we should do it, and the order and, and the importance of love. He spent three chapters in that letter because there was confusion in the Corinthian church concerning these gifts. And so Paul, as an apostle, set things in order, but he spent time teaching them. And thank God we still have those letters today we can see and get some prophetic protocol so that we're not ignorant. As a matter of fact, the scripture actually says, I would not, I would that you not be ignorant of spiritual gifts or do not be ignorant of the gifts of the spirit or spirituals. The literal Greek is do not be ignorant of spirituals. God does not want us ignorant because often what you're ignorant of, you're afraid of, you're uncertain of, you're unsure of, and you'll end up despising it, even mocking it, laughing at it, saying it doesn't take all that. Them folk are crazy. I don't believe in all that God speaking to people today in modern day prophets. Even though it's, it's in the Bible and we read the Bible every Sunday, we preach from Bibles every Sunday, from Genesis to Revelation, it's full of prophets and prophecy. It's amazing how much ignorance there is on this particular subject. So we're not to, again, uh, do not brush off spirit-filled uh, spirit messages or God-inspired messages. Uh, one verse, one translation said, do not ignore prophecies. Uh, the Darby said, do not lightly esteem prophecies. The uh, uh, Easy Read version says, don't treat prophecy like something that is not important. And then the New Living Version says, do not laugh at those who speak for God. Don't mock them. Don't laugh at them. This is something very important. We need to have always have a respectful, honoring attitude toward prophets in the prophetic ministry. And then First uh, Thessalonians chapter uh, five, verse twenty-one says, uh, "Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good." Now, if we if we hold back on the prophetic words God has given us, if God stirs you to prophesy, and you're feeling a stirring, but you quench it then you're guilty 
of stifling or quenching the, the utterances and the inspiration of the Spirit of God. And sometimes people do that. They feel an unction, they feel a stirring, but they, they, they quench it. They say, I'm not going to do it. I'm afraid. I don't want to release that. I, and if you keep doing that, then you're going to eventually quench the gift inside of you. When you allow the Spirit of God to flow through you, or when it's allowed in services. For instance, if you're having an anointed service and people, you have prophets or prophetic people in your church that get stirred up and want to release the word of the Lord, and the leader says, no, we're not having any of that, then you're quenching. You're forcing that person to quench what God has placed on the inside of them. That not, that not, not only quenches the Holy Spirit, that grieves the Holy Spirit. And so if, you, if we hold back the prophetic word of the Lord and we are not obedient to bring it forth uh, to the body, we are quenching the Spirit of God. We must not hold back the word of the Lord. We must allow him to flow through us as he wills and whenever he wills. Do not despise prophecies. Have you ever been in a church or ministry that does not allow people to prophesy? Well, I'm sure you have. I've been there. As soon as the anointing it begins to increase in the service and the spirit of God begins to come in and the gifts of God begin to manifest, the leader gets up, cuts it off, gets the mic, sits everybody down and, re and promptly receives an offering or does something or has announcements or something because they don't want any, any type of manifestations to break forth. They don't want the service to get too high. Don't let it get out of control. you got to control that service. Now, I'm not saying people should get out of control. We let anything go on in the church service. There can be order while the Spirit of God is flowing. But again, have you ever been in a church or ministry that does not allow people to prophesy? They are quenching the Holy Ghost. It's simple as that. You're guilty of quenching the Spirit. They are not allowing the people of God to obey the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the manifestations are quenched when someone of higher authority or assuming a position of high authority forbids the usage of manifestations. Pastors, bishops, leaders, whatever your name is, apostles, whoever you are, when you use your authority to stop the flow of the Spirit of God in the service, then you're quenching, the, you're quenching the Holy Spirit. And what will happen is the Spirit of God will get grieved and that church will lose the anointing and the gifts of the Spirit will not operate in that particular assembly. Uh, the next very sentence speaks to an example of how this is to be obeyed. Despise not prophesying or despise is the word for make a mockery of prophecy, which is only one of nine manifestations. So again, this is one of the hindrances, uh, the reason why we end up uh, quenching the Holy Spirit. Not trusted that you're in a church or you're around people that allow the Spirit of God to flow. And there are many churches that do. Thank God. There are many Holy Spirit churches around the country and around the world that are encouraging the prophecy, encouraging, encouraging the prophetic, uh, allowing it to flow. And thank God for that. But then there are some where people uh, feel a stirring and an unction, but their gift is almost killed. It is restrained. It is shut down. It is quenched. They're told you're crazy. It doesn't take all of that. And that really grieves the Spirit of God. And it really hurts people who have prophetic callings and prophetic gifting. You cannot have a prophetic calling and a prophetic gifting and be around people who dishonor, uh, disrespect, quench, make a mockery of, or despise prophecy. Your gift will be shut down because you, well, that gift is not honored, is not appreciated, is not released, and that grieves the Spirit of God. And your gift will never flow there. It's as simple as that. And I get questions all the time of people that, that, that have seen this happen uh, in their lives. And as a result, uh, they, they, are, 
they are hurting, they're, they're grieving, uh, they don't know what to do. And so thank God that now God is raising up people that will will operate uh, in in power and those who will uh, will, will, will move in, in the power of the Spirit of God. We are on the final months of 2022. Don't go into another year without hearing the voice of God. Go to www.impactuniversity.com to download your free copy of our brand new Master the Prophetic devotional to help you hear the voice of God for your now season and your future. Feel free to text us your questions on the prophetic, deliverance, or any other subject at 773-923-0451. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.